Welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose, a podcast that offers a different perspective on what a job can be. For everyone out there that's heard that voice in the back of their head asking for something more, it's time to listen to it. I'm your host, Gino, and join me as I interview people who have decided to work in their own purpose. Together, we will learn, become inspired, and hopefully find our own path towards working in our purpose. Kobe Smith is a certified meditation instructor, a mental health advocate, founder of Kobe Enterprises, a company that introduces mindfulness through merchandise. He is also the small business support specialist at the Greater New Haven Chamber of Commerce, and he hosts the podcast Chatting with Kobe, which is now in its second season. Kobe, welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose. How are you doing today? Blessed, man. Thanks for having me. It's long overdue, and I'm a big I'm a big supporter of what you do as well with your platform, bringing on the amazing people. And it's, it's been respect and love since day one. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. And, and I've definitely always felt that and appreciated it. So yeah, why, why don't we just get started by uh, you kind of describing in your own words, like what you do and who you are and that sort of thing. Oh, I would say what I am, definitely someone who helps people cares about people using my skill sets for the advancement of others, whether it's mental health, whether it's in their business. And just my ultimate goal is really to live out my dream, of course, which is creating products, creating content, but also inspire other people who are doers and people who want to change their lives, whether that's people in the small business sector that are looking for financial opportunities, collaborations, accelerated programs, or people who are just looking for their wellness, whether that's in meditation, listening to my podcast, getting inspiration from that, and the bracelets that I create, providing them with a sense of motivation and inspiration throughout the day by wearing products. So there's a lot that I do, but I definitely like helping people. That's where it brings me the most joy, honestly. Mm, yeah, I love that. It's all kind of centered around helping people in different kind of aspects of the different things that you do, because you do do a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Also, I'm interested in like, uh, you know, a little bit about your background and like, you know, how you grew up, where you grew up, where you went to school, that sort of thing. Anything you're uh, comfortable with sharing? Yeah, no problem. So I from Bloomfield, Connecticut. It's a suburb right next to Hartford, Connecticut. Been there my whole life, really, for the most part. I stopped going to Bloomfield Public Schools after fifth grade. I went to this magnet school, a uh, crack magnet school, which is Capital Region Education Council. And at the time, the school was called Metropolitan Learning Center. And their the main focus was on bringing in students from other parts of the greater Hartford area and exposing them to diversity. So I was exposed to DEI super early in life, like from sixth to 12th grade, when I went to school, we went on, we went on school trips to different cities. I think my first year we went to Cape Cod. Next year we went to New York, DC. Then when you got to high school, you had the opportunity to go to, out of the country. So I went to a few countries. I went to like Albania, Costa Rica, Dominican Republic, China, Iceland. I feel like I'm forgetting one. Oh, South Africa. And mm. there, was, there was a lot going on. But it, it helped me out because I was exposed to the world at such an early age. I was able to go to countries. And I appreciate my mom for giving me this opportunity because had I went to Bloomfield Public Schools, it probably would have never happened for me. And at MOC, it was it was it was tough. It was tough academically because they they were they want to prepare people for college and life after high school. So 
they ingrained us with a lot of academic rigor. And we had some of the, the best educators possible. Like all of my teachers, like I really loved and respected because they pushed me. They saw something in me. Even when I was acting like a knucklehead in school, they always, they always told me that, hey, you have something about you and follow the gift that you have and see where it goes. So once I graduated high school, after the, uh, the five or six years of going to MOC, I went to Albertus Magnus College for four years, um, got my bachelor's in graphic design, had an internship with the Entrepreneur Leadership Academy and Quinnipiac University. That's where my love for entrepreneurship was born. And I remember creating an idea for people who had, for people who had uh, arthritis, and I created an insole for that. So it was like an adjustable insole. And from that experience, I said, I just want to do something entrepreneurial. I stayed at Albertus for one more year, got my MBA in management, ran the entrepreneurship center for about two years. And it's, it's just cool to see how everything like just happens. You know, you, you start interacting with people and seeing, and seeing how all your influences play a part in what you are today. Like my mom was by far the most influential person in my life and still is. Like she always encouraged me. She sacrificed for me to be the individual that I am today. She always made sure to put me in situations where I was challenged, but it helped me out today, whether it was doing different kinds of sports, whether it was doing different programmings. She always wanted me to be an overall good person. And I'm very appreciative of her. My grandparents, my, my godparents were always surrounding me with love, support, and encouragement with everything I've done up to now. So it, that, that was a lot to give out, but that's like a short version of the way that I am today because I had so many people in my life who believed in me even when I was borderline a troublemaker. They always steered me on the right path and I'm forever grateful that their investment has paid off. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. And it's, and it's really great to hear you be grateful for that and to you know express it too because I think that's also a, a big piece of like who you are is um, someone who's very grateful for the people around them. And, um, and I, I really like that about you. So let's talk about a little bit more like meditation and how you got into meditation. I know that's kind of like one of your big pillars and, uh, yeah. Tell me how you got into it and maybe a little bit about mental health and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So meditation, I, I've always been intrigued by it, but I never really had a chance to try it growing up. I got introduced to meditation in 2018. That was my sophomore year of college. I had so many panic attacks that year. I was just like 19-year-old Kobe was stressed out, man. It was <laughs> it was bad. Like there was so much going on. School was stressing me out. Having a social life was stressing me out. Working was stressing me out. And I just broke down one day. You know, I just remember just breaking down. All I remember was waking up in the hospital, honestly. And I remember my friend had taken me there. And I, I forgot the doctor's name, but it was a it was an African-American doctor. And he came back to me and said, Hey, you have you have severe anxiety. And I was like, whoa, like. I was like, what are you talking about? And he, he broke it down for me. And at that time, I didn't really think mental health illness was a thing. Honestly, I always, I'm open to saying that at the time, when, if someone said, hey, it's my mental health, I thought that was just an excuse for someone to get out of doing something. Hmm. I did, truly. And it wasn't until I got diagnosed and I was like, oh, this is real. And I told him, I said, hey, how can I, how can I fight this? How can I combat this? And they were like, well, you can either take these pills right here, which were borderline antidepressants, he said, or you can learn meditation. And as a black man who was saying that to me, I was like, 
really? I was like, come on, man. Like, what is meditation going to do? He said, trust me, just do some research on it. it I guarantee you it will help you. He said, I meditate. So hmm. I remember I went back to school and the nurse at Albertus at the time, well, she's still there. Her name was Elena Tameo Heights. She was getting her certification called Toru Mindfulness out of Duke University. And it focused on meditation for individuals aged 18 to 29, emerging adults. She ran a class, which was a four-week class, and she was like, hey, you should sign up and see. So I had the time slot available during my days. At the time she was teaching it, I registered for it, took the first class, and I've been hooked ever since, honestly. Mm-hmm. like I took that class. I think she ran it two or three times a year until I graduated, and I kept taking it continuously because it, it helped me out so much. And I'm able to think a lot more clearly. I'm able to appreciate life more. And it's been a blessing in meditation. Even if I don't like sit and close my eyes, like I listen to certain music, I make bracelets. It's always been something that's been very beneficial to me. So I definitely want to give a shout out to Elena for, for making that possible for me and the doctor as well, because without them, I don't know where I would be. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that story and for being um, vulnerable and, and even like admitting the fact that like beforehand you kind of, you know, didn't really believe in it or thought yeah. it was just an excuse or something. Because I think that's a lot of people's experience with mental health or, you know, and anything that kind of has to do with something you can't physically see. It's like, is that real or is it just something you're kind of making up? So I'm glad that like, you know, you've you've been in that one stage of life where you, maybe you didn't believe it, but now you, you know, you've kind of experienced it and can share that message with other people. Cause I think that's helpful for other people to like, know that like, you know, maybe one day they'll not think of it like that. Um, yeah. cause yeah, I'm, I'm also like a huge proponent of mental health and been going to therapy for a long time. And like, I remember my thoughts of therapy before I started going and I was like, eh, that's just, you know, wasting money or like, you're just paying yeah. somebody to control your mind or something, but like actually doing it and like seeing the benefits of it. It's like, Oh, that's not that at all. It's like actually really beneficial. <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah, so thanks for sharing all that. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about like meditation specifically. Cause I know, um, like I've heard multiple people say like, yeah, that'd be great. I, I I'd love to meditate, but like, I just can't, I have too many thoughts in my head or like, I can't do that. Or how, what's like some advice you would give to somebody who like thinks that they can't. Well, first I would say is try honestly. And meditation takes forms in many different ways. Like I think when people think of meditation, they think of sitting in namaste position, which is the the crisscross applesauce, which are hand to your chest, you know, eyes closed, great posture, all of that. But no, it's, you could do it. You can literally just sit down the way I'm doing and just breathe. Like before every interview for a podcast or when I record, I usually just sit there and I just breathe in through my nose, exhale through my mouth things like that. You could lay do down. The same thing. <laughs> exactly. You know, like you, you're someone who does it. You can lay on your back and just feel your belly rise or your chest rise, whether you're a natural belly breather or a natural chest breather, things like that. You can listen to a song that you really like. You know, you can, I don't know, you can like run to people like med- meditation looks like running for them. It's any way where your mind isn't, isn't too crowded with thoughts which is kind of crazy to say that because you can't calm your mind, right? Like one of the things meditation teaches is that your thoughts are going to be there. That's just how it is. But what you can do is assess how you're feeling and notice your thoughts. And once you notice your thoughts, find some time to let them go. And that's by using your breath. Really, when you're breathing, 
That's what the meditation is because the breath is the anchor. Like, and I think what a lot of people take for granted is breathing because it's so natural to us, right? We don't realize that until like we're underwater or we're like working out or we're going too hard and we're like, oh yeah, let me breathe to get that extra energy. Meditation is really recognizing the breath. Sometimes you have to go outside without your phone, drive without listening to music to realize, wow, I'm breathing. Wow, the scenery is beautiful. Things like that. You know, it gets tricky at times, but just start small. And there's so many different ways you could do it. Like there's an eating meditation. There's a breathing meditation. There's visualization. There, there's so many different tools that go with it. When people say there's not one for me, I, I'm just saying that you haven't tried anything. And I think once people humble themselves and are open to trying something new, that opens up a whole different aspect of wellness that people don't understand. Like it's not the stereotypical thing. What people need to realize is you don't have to do a silent retreat for a whole weekend to reach enlightenment. You know, to some people, meditation is looking in the mirror and saying an affirmation. So I think when the person finds out what works for them and you do it a little bit over time, the compounding effect happens. You start building that habit and then it starts becoming a lifestyle. And you could miss a few days every now and then, but as long as you know that that's where your core is, that you're perfecting your wellness practice, that's what meditation looks like. It's not the stereotypical looking like a monk, the Buddha statue. No, it's, it's much broader than that. And I, I wish people would stop saying that because they're closing themselves off from opportunities that can definitely open their mind up. Yeah, for sure. Th thanks for breaking that down and, uh, and kind of, you know, getting outside of the stigma of, of what it is, because I think it is very important and very useful to any aspects of your life. Um, and, and I think part of that too, is like setting time aside, like for yourself to do something like that. Yeah. Um, and even if it's not meditation, just some other sort of self-care. And, and I know you work with a lot of entrepreneurs and we'll get into that, but I'm, I'm curious, like what the thought about like self-care or meditation is for a lot of people in the entrepreneur community. Cause I know that there's like the hustle aspect and yeah. like, you know, work, 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 work. Um, and especially when you're doing every, if you're, you know, in a business by yourself, you're doing all the different aspects of it. It can be hard to like take time aside for yourself to do something that may not seem beneficial, but yeah, I'd curious to hear your thoughts about that. Like, do you run into that issue talking to people who are entrepreneurs? Oh yeah. It, it's so funny. Just working with a lot of these people and talking to them individually, they, a lot of them just neglect it completely, but they realize that it is necessary. And I think they struggle with finding time for themselves because you know it, like starting a company is, is hard. It's stressful. And no matter how successful you get, if you don't have the right team around you, if you're not taking time for yourself, you could burn out and crash. Like I see it all the time with people I used to vend with early on in my entrepreneurial career. Like they would just be at every single event, every single event doing something. And then when you start to see them at all these events that they've been grinding so hard that they're not focused, like they're not displaying their products correctly. They're not pitching their products correctly. They're forgetting the name of their company, the name of themselves. And, and it's scary to see that because it's like, wow, like you're so ingrained in this, but you're not taking time for the most valuable asset that you have yourself. Like mm -hmm. you're the most valuable asset. Your mind is the most valuable asset. You can always make other products, but people, they just, and I can't knock them, right? Because the way the world is, 
it's it's marketed to us very well. Social media, you got all these gurus saying, man, sleep is for the dead. Sleep is for broke people. Rest is for weak people. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when people see that a lot, they start to really internalize that and they have to grind and hustle and hustle, not realizing that it's taking a wear and tear on their mind, but also their body. So there's definitely a need for that. And there are, there are a handful of entrepreneurs that I know personally who, who implement wellness into their business. And it's like really unique the way they do it. But I wish more people were able to practice the wellness aspect more because maybe if they take that time to breathe, maybe that week off, that could reset them and that could help them launch a new product or a new marketing campaign. So it's really tricky. But at the same time, I feel that, and I've seen that the people that really master hustle, 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 rest when necessary, rest when needed, their recovery time is better, they're more focused, and their the business goes through the roof. So it's it's tricky, but I can see how people, when they implement it the correct way, it helps out in the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I've noticed that with myself too. If I'm like trying to do something too much, I usually end up getting stuck in some sort of rut and then doing like all the stuff that doesn't even matter at the end of the day. Whereas if I take a break or I rest or I even take a day off or something like that, then I'll like reframe something, think about it in a different way and be like, oh, wait, I don't need to do like 80% of what I was trying to do. I really only need to do this 20%. So for me, it helps me think clearer on like what I should or shouldn't be doing, I think. Um, So I've definitely noticed it benefit myself. And then that kind of like leads me to your business, Kobe Enterprises. Tell us a little bit about that and how that got started and like, uh, yeah, just everything you want to about that. No, yeah. So it definitely got started when I was working at the Entrepreneurship Center at Albertus Magnus College. And I noticed that engaging with the students there was really hard because there wasn't really an entrepreneurial culture there. And I realized that if I wanted to work with the students closely, they would have to see me in action being an entrepreneur. Like I could have talked about my experience as an intern starting that company, but that wasn't a company that I had still. You know, I just did it for that summer. And I say, you know what? People have to see me in action. People have to know that when I'm doing certain things, I'm trying. So it's believable that I'm making it work. And I always wanted to start a company. I didn't know exactly what I'd be doing, but I said, hey, that's entrepreneurship. You start something, you try it, you fail, you pivot, you do it again. And originally I started out doing shirts. Like, I think I showed you a few of the shirts mm-hmm. and the stickers and they, they, they sucked. <laughs> they, they did. They did. The shirts were trash. They were. I, I would do pop-up events. People weren't buying them. I was doing, <laughs> I was doing e-commerce. People weren't buying them. People thought they were good, but it just wasn't resonating. So I said, okay, let's pivot. And I got clowned about it, but the same people who were clowning me were the same people who weren't trying, right? And then I said, okay, what else, what else can I sell that's low risk that can make money off of, right? That's when the bracelets started coming in. Now, so I was like, okay, let me just go to all these craft stores, start creating bracelets. And it had to be relevant to what I was doing, right? So since my name is Kobe, and people don't know that Kobe actually is an acronym for the pillars that I live by, which are karma, ownership, blessings, entrepreneurship, and Yahweh, which is Hebrew for God. And I want to implement that into the design. So with each color, with each affirmation bracelet, because early on I was doing plastic bracelets with positive words on them and charms. I would put those positive words on there. Like I would put 
hustle on the bracelet. I would put don't quit, blessed, pray, Yahweh, God. I would put all these positive words that would get me through the day, words like faith. And when I started selling them, people would resonate because they said, wow, I need more faith in myself. People would say, you know what? When I feel like quitting, I can look at this bracelet and then I can push through that workout. I can push through that study session at college. And then the students started to gravitate toward that because they said, wow, this is someone who actually knows what he's doing. He's not just going off the book. What a lot of people don't realize is I had read all these books. I had done all these accelerated programs and nothing was coming from it. And I was just waiting for the perfect time. And when I finally started to create my products and actually start selling and put myself out there, even though I messed up and I'm messing up every day, that doesn't mean, that doesn't matter to me because I'm at least trying. And there are people that I see that say, I see what you're doing. That's inspirational to me. Like you inspire me to do that. I wear this bracelet. It means something to me. There are people who've bought early shirts and said, wow, I wear this shirt whenever I'm feeling down. And that means a lot to me because I'm still figuring it out. I know I'm not where I'm going to be. I'm still heading on that path. But what really inspired me was just hanging around people that did it and seeing that there was a need for that. The same way all the people who taught me entrepreneurship were entrepreneurs, like Caroline Smith, who started Collab New Haven, one of my biggest inspirations in this entrepreneurship space. Seeing her run the Collab program at that time and going through the pre-accelerator with her, I said, wow, if she can do it, I can do it. And I don't think she had a business degree when she went to Yale. I think she was, I don't want, I don't actually know what she majored in, but I know it was something completely different. But she was an entrepreneur. She put a risk. She risked it all. She put herself out there. Same thing with Carlton Highsmith and Eric Clemens. Like what they were doing, they put themselves out there. They were inspiration to me. They talked to me and said, hey, if you have an idea and you feel that it's good, put it out there. Fail. And seeing these people that are far ahead of me still grinding like they're in the startup phase, that was inspirational to me. So I definitely took that experience and implemented it into what I was doing. But the most important thing for me was to make sure that I had the wellness aspect and mindset aspect as well, because I noticed that a lot of the people that I was selling products to, or I wanted to, a lot of them had low self-esteem and weren't valuing their mental health, or they felt negative about themselves. And that's where I put the bracelets and the shirts into so it was just about figuring that out, like what the market was and trying. Will I be doing this sometime in the next year or the next five years? Who knows? But I, I'm trying. I just have an entrepreneurial spirit. And I feel that as long as I'm here and I have ideas and I have the willingness to try and put myself out there, I'm going to make it happen. So that's pretty much how it got started. And noticing what I've been able to do in the past three years has been amazing. Like I didn't see myself doing half of the stuff I'm doing now. And it just started with that one decision to start the company and see where it went. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love the idea of like not being specifically tied to like one idea of what your business could or, or you want it to be and being just so open and flexible with like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm trying it. If it doesn't work, I'll try something else and try something else. Like I really, that's something that like I've been really feeling a lot recently um, yeah. cause for the longest time, my business was, you know, in podcasting space and I wanted it to be helping podcasters and doing this and pivoted a million times within that confines. But now I'm starting to be like, okay, well, let's think a little bit bigger. Like what can I do maybe outside of that? And, and how can I be of service to other people in different ways? Um, so I really like that idea of you saying like the one thing you said, I don't know where I'll be in like five years, but if I just keep doing what I'm doing, like you'll get, you'll, you'll reach stuff that you couldn't even thought of, couldn't even exactly. think of. 
And yeah, I just really, I really love that um, mentality for sure. And, and then another note on like the inspiration of the, the products that you make, I think it was, maybe it was almost like a year or two ago. Um, I bought a tote bag that you had and it's got oh some affirmations god, on it. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I still I use that. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, I guess I gotta bring them back then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I still use that tote bag and it's got a couple affirmations on it. And every time I pick it up, I I glance at them and it is it's a you know a little bit of an energy booster. And um I've even had people comment on it and be like, Hey, I like your tote bag. It's I like I like the affirmations on it. Um so oh, wow. just, just wanted to say that about you about your products as well. Thank you, man. I definitely have to get back to them then. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, so uh, transitioning a little bit into, I want to talk about like what you do with the Chamber of Commerce. And yeah. I know you also, again, everything you kind of do is with entrepreneurs, but tell me about uh, what you do at the Chamber and even like what the Chamber of Commerce is. Because I think at least for me, like before I became part of the community that was associated with the Chamber, I didn't even really know what the Chamber of Commerce did. So like um, maybe start with like telling us what the Chamber does for businesses and then get into like what you do. Yeah, so I work at the, the Greater New Haven Chamber of Commerce and almost every town, city in America, region in America, they have the Chamber of Commerce. And what they focus on is the business community. So it's a way where you can, you pay for your for membership, usually on like a yearly basis. And it's where you can advertise, you can do networking events. We do a lot of networking. You can do marketing on the website sponsorships. And it's a great way for you to grow your company. So it depends on what exactly your goals are. So let's say you're let's say you're an advertising firm and you're looking to get more customers that way. You join the chamber, you meet people who are doing that. And that's just a great way to build connections. And it's all about the businesses at the end of the day. You really want to make sure that the economy is growing. We put on a lot of events where we award business owners we help out with getting businesses funding, whether it's grants, whether it's loans. We have relationships with accelerator programs. So if you do certain accelerators through the chamber, like if you go through Known, Collab, Concorp, City Seed, you do these programs, you get a membership for a year. And it just depends on what you're, what you're looking for. Like if you're a small business owner, solopreneur, maybe the the largest membership isn't what you're looking for, but maybe you just want to get your, your feet wet. Maybe you just want to meet certain people to build your clientele up. It's really just a tool for networking. It started like back in the, the pilgrimage where all these business owners, they want to come together. They want to come together and keep the economy of businesses afloat because when you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, or a big organization, the only people that can relate to what you're doing are the same people that do what you do weather industry they're in. So it's kind of cool working within that world because I, there's a lot of access to people I'd never thought I'd meet, people I never thought I'd interact with. And you learn so much on the fly. Now, as for the work that I do there, I do small business support. So I help the small business communities, solopreneurs, startup companies. And I really like to say that I build connections and I have relationships with some of the resources and the people that help these small businesses. So with, what that looks like is helping out with the new NHE3 grant, which is the New Haven Equitable Entrepreneur Ecosystem Grant. And that is where small businesses throughout the, the state of Connecticut, really, but with a focus in greater New Haven, they can get up to $10,000 in a small business grant to help them grow their business operations. So we do partnerships with that. In addition to that, like I was saying before, 
building relationships with the accelerator programs like Known, Collab, Concord, City Seed, all the other ones, helping the people that we meet if they need help with starting their company or growing their company, refer them to these accelerator programs because a lot of the times these business owners, they have great ideas, but what's failing them and where they need some work on is the implementation, the finance, writing a business plan. How do they go for funding, learning to hire people, expanding their operations, contracting, building relationships with those people, finding out what the small businesses need, and then referring them to these programs because that's going to help the economy. And just going to all these events, like when a business opens or they have a ribbon cutting, I'm there introducing myself. What do you need? What can I help you with? Who can I connect you with? Do you need SBA funding? Do you need a mentor from Small Business Development Center? What exactly can the chamber do? Are you looking for membership? Are you just looking for the grant? And I just try to figure out what they need, right? Because when you're a small business, there's so much that you have going on. And people in the early stage, they don't really feel that the Chamber of Commerce can help them. It can, depends on what your goals are. But if you're looking for networking, that's great. If you're looking for more clients, it's great. But what I really try to do and what I've been doing is just building relationships and connecting people to the right resources. And the next step of that is just building relationships with the colleges and universities because they want to help the small business community with classes, with programs, more accelerators. And that, will, and that helps out the city and the universities as well because on the workforce development side, you have students that can work for these companies as interns. That's real life working experience. And if they're good enough and if that company's hiring, that then leads to employment opportunities, them taking over the business in some few years. So there's a lot that I do within the chamber, but what I really like to say my main goal is just connecting people to resources and building the relationships outside of that. And it's, it's been fun. It's challenging. But when you really get those people that are passionate about what they do and they work hard, it's worth it. And you're helping people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed. I was a part of the chamber for a year and, and the networking and the meeting people for me was the biggest helpful thing. And, and I'm still on the email list. Actually, I know by the time this airs, it'll be gone, but there's an event that you guys have tonight that I got the email for. And it just reminds me that like, you're always there kind of putting on events, connecting people. And yeah. that's a, a nice kind of support thing. Cause you know, whenever it is that I feel like I need to get out there and, and meet some more people, usually I'll just go back in my inbox and there'd be something there that I can like, you know, go and, and attend. So that's, that's been a really good benefit of the chamber. Yeah. So next I want to talk about your podcast and tell me how that got started and like, uh, you know, what, what made you want to start that and, and what, what it's all about. Yeah. So I, I started chatting with Kobe just because I listened to a lot of podcasts. I've been inspired by them. I, I was just a fan of so many people and some podcasts I would listen to, I would say they're not really, a lot of them are just nonsense, honestly. <laughs> There's a lot of nonsense podcasts out there. And I feel like I, have, I had a perspective and I really wanted to highlight the, the amazing people that I knew in my life, whether they were business owners, whether they were wellness practitioners, whether they were students. Like season one, I didn't really have any direction. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I just remember purchasing a mic, setting up a, a camera on my laptop and just recording and freestyling most of the episodes. But then midway through season one, I said, you know what? Let's, let's change the direction of where I want to go. Let's actually highlight people who are, wellness, who are in that wellness space that have overcome adversity. Let's talk to the 
the entrepreneurs, the small business owners. Let's talk to movers and shakers in the community and let's build that out. And season two has been that way. And it's unique because I'm still figuring it out, right? I'm still figuring out what exactly my audience is. I'm super early stage in the startup phase of it, but it's been fun. And I'm not afraid to to try new things. Like season one, I interviewed some amazing people. I interviewed two friends from college, Anna Marie DeLucia and Rock Charles, who are now MBA students at Alberta's Magnus College. And they were telling me stories about themselves. Like Anna was an amazing student um, out of North Haven. She went through a lot in college that she opened up about on the podcast. My guy Rock, he's from Haiti. He was talking about getting his American citizenship. He was talking about how he had to learn English, coming to America, living in New London. And there's so many perspectives. And the thing that I noticed about everyone that I've interviewed in season one was that they all overcame adversity some way and they didn't quit. And that's what I want the podcast to be. We're going to be the inspiration for the doers, the people who have adversity in their life but aren't afraid to keep pushing forth because that's a representation of my life, not quitting, always trying new things. Even with season two, some of the guests that I have right now have been amazing. These are people that are doing things, man. And I'm inspired by them because when I see them grind and hustle and achieve their dreams, that only just puts the battery in my back to do that. And that's what the whole purpose of the podcast is, to get different perspectives, to not quit. Everyone has a unique story. And I talk about my story at times, but I don't want to make it all about me. Like at the end of the day, we're chatting with Kobe. So I want you to tell your perspective on what you've done and how you've gotten here. So it's been it's been fun so far, and I'm very honored about the episodes that I have coming out, the episodes that I recorded for season one that I felt didn't fit, that might fit in season two or season three. But I have a lot of great content, and I'm just excited, and I'm growing it gradually the same way you're growing yours. And I look at you as a sort of inspiration because when I saw you doing your podcast, I said, you know what? If Gino does it, I can do mine. And here I am. I must be doing something right because now I'm on your platform. So I... I look at inspiration in all different forms and I'm a student and that's all I want my podcast to be, just like a source of education, inspiration, and uplifting people who are the doers in the world. Yeah, I love that. That's uh, again, uh so many different things I could I could touch on what you just shared, but like one, a piece of it like always growing and figuring out what it is. I think a lot of times, like when I started my podcast, I I thought it was something that I wanted. And then it yeah. just kind of changed through. And I was like, okay, maybe it's not specifically about this one thing. It's about this other thing. And here's this overarching theme that's now emerging and like now leaning into that. And I think it, it's a gradual process and I don't have mine all the way figured out yet either. But like, I think it's cool to like be on that learning path and to keep continuing to change with how you see things, wherever it is that you're interested in, whatever is like working, you follow that. And again, kind of the entrepreneurial mindset of just like evolving and getting better. Um, so I really like that. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, I, d- I did want to ask you too about like, you know, what, what was the the hardest part of starting your own podcast? Because I know um, mm. you mentioned like kind of just like getting the stuff and getting started. And, you know, I think that's kind of the hardest hurdle for people is to just like get one out there and just do it. Because like, it's not going to be perfect, but you got to just like get one out there. So what was like the hardest thing for you? Oh, man, so many hard things. I think the, honestly, I would say the consistency of recording and posting, but on a deeper level, I think was just being my true authentic self, honestly. Like, mm. I, there's some episodes I listen to now 
that are out there and the ones that I haven't released yet, sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, that is so not me, right? Because to a certain extent, I felt like I had to hide who I truly was. Honestly, I did. Because mm-hmm. I was like, man, are people ready for the, the funny, the, the nerdy side of Kobe? Like, there's certain things that I'm now referencing in podcasts that I feel are my true authentic self because people see me in such a professional light, which is good, right? When you see me at the chamber, you see me doing my business, of course, but there's a time and a place for that. But when you listen to the podcast, you're going to get the, the real Kobe. You're going to get the, the Harry Potter nerd. You're going to get the basketball fanatic. You're going to get the, the hip hop historian side of me. And I'm figuring that out right now. So there are episodes that I have in the chamber that are, that are me referencing rap lyrics that have influenced me, rap albums that influenced me. I'm referencing Harry Potter characters, you know, <laughs> things like that. I'm talking about what I've learned from watching some of my favorite basketball players like LeBron James or Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant. That's coming out. And even though it's entrepreneurship, I try not to talk too much on that side. I try to put it in terms that people can understand. Like you can learn from other things. Like I've learned as much from business from the classroom as I have from basketball. So just trying to figure out that means of communication to the audience. And who knows? And some people have been receptive to it. Other people are saying, oh, I tuned out because I don't like basketball. But what I would say to that person who might not like sports or Harry Potter or hip hop is you're closing off from information. And I remember I told someone that recently. I said, hey, listen, I don't like all the articles that you write, but when you release them, I read them because I'm like, wow, I can learn something from that. And I think that kind of changed our relationship because they saw me as someone who's not afraid to step out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So it's things like that. And I think just once you start to figure out who you are truly, and I'm evolving over time, people are going to be receptive to that. So, and I think the, the authenticity of it is me just saying what I feel, but also not being afraid to stumble over words, pausing, losing my train of thought. And I don't edit that. Because mm. I don't want people to look at me and say, oh, this guy, he's so Hollywood. He's so perfect. No, like I mess up just like, <laughs> I mess up just as much as anyone. But I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to try new things and make it work. So that's really been the hardest part was just being my true authentic self. And it's starting to come out with every episode. And I'm, I'm enjoying it though. You know, I just love when people say, hey, I listened to the episode and that resonated with me because you're being yourself. That's all I wanted to do. That's been the hardest part, really, is just being myself and having people recognize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, definitely rings true with me, too. Last few years, I've been having like words that kind of like inspire my year. And, and for this year, it's it is that it's like being your authentic self, being more of my authentic self and showing people who that is. And I think that's like podcasting is such an amazing platform to be able to do that. And yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you with like some of my earlier episodes and like me trying to be this quote unquote podcast or whatever. But now it's just like trying to have real conversations with people, not be like nervous or just like, you know, asking people about the things that are, you know, that they're interested in and the things that I'm interested in. And yeah, it's just like one big learning experience. But, um, but yeah, I really resonated with the, um, trying to be more your authentic self. And, uh, I think that's, you know, almost a, a pull away from like the societal thing of, uh, being supposed to be a certain person in a job or in school yeah. or in your, your community growing up, like you were painted to be this person and 
and being okay with being like, Hey, I'm changing now. You know, I, I'm not that person anymore. Or here's a piece of me that maybe I thought you wouldn't enjoy, but I'm going to say it anyways, because that's who I am. And, and I think what ends up happening is you'll connect with the people that you're supposed to connect with instead exactly. of just the greater good. Cause you don't want to appeal to everybody, right? You want to be yourself exactly. and you want to find your own tribe. Um, so yeah, I, I really resonate with that. I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, as we're, we're kind of coming to the end of our time here, um, I did want to ask you one question that I like to ask everybody and the word purpose is a big part of this podcast. And, uh, I like to get everybody's definition of purpose and what purpose means to them. So if you will define purpose for us and, uh, and, you know, give us any thoughts on that word. Yeah. Purpose to me is like, it's a layered answer. So for me, it's one doing what I like to do, which is create, whether it's creating the bracelets, whether it's creating content but also want to, to help people at the same time because there's so many people that help me. Like my mother, I referenced in the beginning, she's been such an inspiration and still is to me. My grandparents, inspiration. I have cousins, my grandparents. They, they've all inspired me so much. So it's really giving everything that they gave to me back to other people. So I just, I just want to see people succeed and help because it's hard out here in the world. Like we live in a world of abundance, but so many people have a scarcity mindset and I've gotten as far as I've gotten because people have encouraged me. People have encouraged me. They've put me in rooms I never thought I'd be in. They've prayed for me. They've connected me with people who've changed my life. And now that I'm in a situation, I'm in a position where I have some influence and some power to do that for other people. That's what I want to do. I want people to be their true authentic selves. I know that sometimes we work at jobs and Sometimes they try to stifle our creativity, but who you are, what you value should never, you should never have to hide that. That's what purpose is to me. Being your authentic self, helping people, changing lives, building this world, because we are a world that thrives off of controversy, negativity, and chaos. And that's awful because that's what harms everyone the most. We criticize people for, for caring. Isn't that crazy? Like the people who get criticized the most are the people who care, people who want to make change. And I'm okay with being called crazy because I know at the end of the day, the people that are going to listen to this interview and see the work that we're doing and see the lives that we're changing are going to be the same people that said, damn, we should have, we, we should have invested into them. We should have talked to them. We should have tuned into that episode. We should have been around them because they really care. My, I think my biggest flaw in life is that I care too much sometimes and I want to help people. But I do that because I know that there's potential in everyone. And whether, and whether you buy a bracelet from me, a tote bag from me, you listen to the podcast, you start subscribing, you share, I help you out with your business any other way. I know that at the end of the day, if you have interacted with me and I'm my true authentic self, that's going to inspire you. And it might not happen right then. It might happen 10 years down the line. It might happen your last year in life. But my goal is to help you. I don't know what that looks like. It could be in different forms. But as long as you're evolving into the, the best kind of person that you can be, that's what my purpose is, to help people. And the, the more I start doing that, the, the better I feel about myself. And it's, it's just unique. It's a tricky way to answer this, but I really just want to help people. And this is the only way that I know how to do it. Like, I'm, I'm not a doctor or anything. Like, I know how to help people by being a creative, being a content creator, having products and, and inspiring you any way that I can. 
Mm, yeah, that was a beautiful answer. Um, I, I love the aspect of, of you wanting to pass down and to share what people have poured into you. And that that's, I think, a really uh, grateful way to, to look at like the knowledge that people have given you. Um, and then just always wanting to help people, I think, is, is amazing, too. And um, I think that's a, a really good aspect of purpose is like you helping other people gives you a sense of purpose because you're seeing them grow or you're seeing how you can change somebody's life just by you know, the little things that you do. And, and then also the next thought that I was thinking about too, is like, as you're talking about, yes, there's so much negativity in the world and that sort of thing. But I too, am also somebody who likes to pour into the positive side of things and like not try not to focus any energies in the negative stuff, even though it's there and you can acknowledge it. I think spending more time in like talking about the positive things, doing things that help other people, you know, conversations like this, I think that's where my at least best use of energy can go. So, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for sharing all that. And thanks for being so open and honest and, uh, sharing all your knowledge with us. And, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful to have you here and to interview you. And, uh, the last question would be like, what's next for you? And, you know, if people resonated with this, where can they find you? Well, so what's next? We'll see. Right. You know, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I, I don't know what's next. You know, I just know that I'm moving, I'm moving with faith. I'm moving with God leading my life. As long as he guides me in the right direction, I know the opportunities are going to come the way they have been coming because I'm living a life that I never thought I would live. So I'm just going to follow God and see where he takes me. But where people can find me, if you're interested in the podcast, you can follow the podcast on Instagram, which is chatting, C-H-A-T-T-I-N underscore with underscore K-O-B-E-Y. And you can follow the Chatting with Kobe podcast on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube channel coming soon, C-H-A-T-T-I-N with K-O-B-E-Y. If you want to follow my personal Instagram, I guess that's okay too. It's <laughs> the K-O-B-E-Y, S-M-I-T-H. So follow me through there and just reach out to me, like DM me if you have any ideas of people you think I should interview, any topics, any podcasts, just reach out. You know, I'm still growing the brand, websites coming soon, but I'm just figuring it out. And if you're, and again, if you want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, like I'm active on that, you can just connect with me, K-O-B-E-Y, S-M-I-T-H on LinkedIn, connect with me. I'll accept your connection. I have a lot of connections on there. I accept anyone as long as they're being appropriate. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big, I'm big on community and building bridges and relationships with people because I, I learn from hanging around people who are smarter than me and passing that off to information to the people who need it. So I love connecting with people. I like learning from people. I'm, I'm going to grow the podcast. I'm going to get Gino on my episode soon. And we're just going to build it together. And that's how people could connect with me. If it takes me a while to get to you, I'm sorry. There's a lot going on, but I always make sure that I respond to people because I know what it feels like to, to be ignored. And I never want to do that to someone because it is hard. So just be patient with me, follow me. Let's Let's grow this community together and let's all grow into being the the best people that we can possibly be. Awesome. Thanks, man. Well, uh, that's much appreciated. And I will definitely put the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for for being on today. And uh, I appreciate all your words of wisdom and all your support. Uh, you know, we've known each other for maybe, what is it, like two years two now? Two years maybe? now, yeah. Um, yeah, met at Known, where I met a lot of people. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, every time we see each other, it's always like, I'm excited to see you and you're excited to see me and, and we're always supporting the things that we do. So um, I appreciate that relationship for sure. And uh, yeah, wish you the best in the future and uh, hope, hope everything goes, uh, you know, the way that you want it.
No, nah, thank you, man. And I appreciate your platform as well. You know, we, you've always been supportive. Even when I started uh, my podcast, podcasting journey, you were like, hey, man, just, just put it out there. Just try it and see where it goes. And seeing you has definitely been one of the blueprints for me. So it's very inspirational. I'm proud of all you're doing. And any way I can support and get the word out for your podcast, just let me know. Like I'm always a, a text or a message away, bro. You already know. <laughs> thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Working Towards Our Purpose. If you liked today's episode and are interested in more, you can sign up for my Substack newsletter with the link in the show notes where I share thoughts, tips, and ideas that I'm learning along my journey to help inspire you. The show was produced by Pleasant Podcast at pleasantpodcast.com.